Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. How God builds. How God builds. How God builds. Those of you here who are in the building trade, you are doing a very good job because God is also a builder. (laughs) God is a builder, but he doesn't charge you too much. He charges you normal. God is a builder, he's a medical practitioner, he's a lawyer, he's a judge, he's a husband, he's a wife, he's a friend, he's a daddy, he's a mama, he's everything. Somebody say everything. Everything. There's a song which the songwriter sang, he says that everything, Lord, you are everything. You are my treasure, you are my priority. Uh, who can compare to you? Great is the measure of royalty. Oh, morning star, you truly are everything. Somebody say everything. everything. God is everything to those of us who have found him. Yes. Hallelujah. In the book of Psalm 127, verse 1, it says that unless the Lord builds the house, the labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman wakes, but in vain. Psalm 1 to 7, verse 1. Let's say it together after me. Say, unless, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman wakes in vain. And so, Bible says that it is God who builds. God is a builder. Look at Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4. Have you found it? What does it say? For what? Every house. What? Every house. How many houses? Every house. Every house doesn't grow. A house doesn't grow like a tree and it appears. Every house is built by somebody. Anytime you see a house, there's a builder behind it. That's what he's trying to say. There is no house without a builder. Today is the day of the builders. <laughs> Go ahead, please. For every house is built by someone. Yeah. But God is the builder. <laughs> that, that's why the fact that it's someone who builds it. God is the builder of everything. God is a builder. In the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 28, those of you who are good students of the Bible will remember what it says. Who remembers what it says? Romans 8 28. For all things works together, works together for good to who? Those, to those that love the Lord and and accord according to His purpose. Now, God is a God of purpose. I said that last week. God is always working according to His plans and purpose. And so, 
What does it mean for God to build? God is always doing something and God is always up to something. That is why I'm so confident to tell you that when you are down to nothing, God is up to something. You can give nothing to God and you can make something out of nothing. I've heard women, I've heard stories and testimonies about women who did not have, uh, their, their tears were cut off. But yet God gave them a baby. So then if yours are there, you don't have, for you, you can even have more than 18 children if you want. Now, it does not matter what is absent. God doesn't need the presence of some things to do what he says he will do. He, all he needs is your cooperation. So when he wants to do something, he always says his word. You know why? Because he wants somebody to agree and cooperate. That's all he needs. Say that's all he needs. So God is a builder. He always, always working. He's always doing things according to his plan, and he has a program. So he doesn't do things. But today, I want you, I want to draw your attention to something. When you read the book of um, First, so Isaiah chapter fifty-five, verse nine, ten, and eleven, or eight, nine, ten, it talks about my ways are not your ways. Or say your ways are not my ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. So as, as the heavens are far high above the earth, so are my ways above your ways. In other words, the way you think is the way God thinks. So that if God says that I'm going to bless you in a particular way, we always, we see, when, when for instance, if I tell you to um, come to my house, or after church, today after church, I'll make sure you eat Chinese, so much Chinese that you will never forget it in your life. Meanwhile, you, let's say, you like Chinese so much. So, <laughs> if I say I'll, buy, I'll, I'll get you Chinese, chances are that you are expecting that either we go to the Chinese restaurant or I go and buy the Chinese, we go and order Chinese from somewhere and bring it. So then, if after church, um, I tell you, just go home and sleep. That's not how to get the Chinese. You see, so you have your way of expecting it. Now, most of the time, when God is going to do something, we have a way we expect him to do it, because this is how we know he's done. Look at Psalm 103, verse 7. Psalm 103, verse 7. Have you found it? What does it say? He made known his ways to Moses. Yes. He made known his ways to Moses and then his deeds to the people of Israel. Read it again, please. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. What did he make known to Moses? His ways. And what did he make known to the people of Israel? His deeds. His deeds. The works. The miracles. Don't this. But children look for the works. Adults look for the method, the ways, what God is up to. So God has ways. But most of the time, we are caught up in expecting his acts. Or we are caught up in his acts and his deeds. So we don't look beyond the deeds around us to look for his ways. So, so if God says, I'm going to give you a job, I'm going to give you promotion before the end of the month, and tomorrow morning you go to work and you are, you are fired, you wonder what is the meaning of this. You see, this is very opposite.
is what God said. So hold your peace. You must understand his ways. The fact that you lost it doesn't mean that his, what he said is going to do. doesn't come. In fact, they can fire you and because of that, you went on so desperate, you went on the internet, and you've been searching by name for it. All of a sudden, out of the desperation, you decide to call some people. And they have been looking for somebody like you in, for a very big position, and that became the turning point of your life. And so, if you were not tired, you wouldn't have applied. Now, that is the ways of God. So, God said, I'm going to do it, and you are thinking about the knees, the ants. So, please, what I'm trying to say, don't be moved by what is happening or what is not happening. Thank you. <laughs> Just know that he's faithful and he's faithful. Hook, hook, hook your faith on his faithfulness and his ability. He's almighty. <laughs> hook your faith on that and not on what is happening and what is not happening. That is why I realized Christians who don't grow are Christians who are always running around for, do this, do this for me, pray for me, miracle for me, miracle for her. They never grow. Because if God wants you to grow, he will win you of the miracle syndrome or blessing syndrome, running after the, the issues. And then he will win you from there to begin to let you understand that sometimes it works differently from the way people think it should. But the very day you figure out the way God will work, the very day you know the way he works completely in your life, he ceases to be God. Praise the Lord. God is winning somebody. You have been believing God for a miracle. You've done all that you've done and things seem to be delayed. Hold on. It will still show up. But he's trying to get you to learn something. And the earlier you learn it, the... Praise God. Thank you for preaching with me. So now, how... God is a builder. How does he build? I'm not sure I'll be able to finish this message. I'll definitely have to probably continue next week. But then, how does God build? He builds in three ways. And I'm going to comment on it. Let me first of all tell you how he builds three ways, and then I'll comment on each of them. He builds revelationally. Say revelationally. God builds revelationally. Besides building revelationally, he doesn't just only build revelationally. He builds relationally. Relationally. And then thirdly, he builds generationally. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I, I, it's, I, I can't wait to get to generation. Because what is happening in your life, well, the issues that are at stake in your life is not just what you eat tomorrow. It's going far. That is why the parents who are always making sure they bring their children to the house of God, this thing is deeper and farther than you think today. It's not about today. One thing I like about the British government, they think generationally. Most, most, most people in third world, I don't know where, probably where I come from, it's like, let me eat and finish. Because somebody's going to rent a house or buy a house, and they said they will lease it for 99 years. He said, ah, 99 years. By the time I die, then let me, let me go for it like that. <laughs> oh, but the Western mind will tell you, he can't even lease it to you for 150 years. And on the 158th year, his children will come after your children. <laughs> and your children will say, Daddy didn't do well at all. <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> say <say> generationally. <laughs> all right. So now, point one, revelationally. What does it mean for God to be revelational? Look at Matthew chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. It's a nice scripture to remember, isn't it? 16, 17, 18. Matthew 16, 17, 18. This is how to remember scriptures. 
it makes it easier. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17, 18. See what it says. It says that this is when Jesus asked them, Who do people say I am? They said what they could say. And he said, Who do you say I am? And they said, well, Peter said that you are Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Okay. So what did, what did Jesus say after? Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Bajona. Why? Now, flesh and blood simply means, simply means physical being. Something physical. This thing you have said, this information you have was not given, and he used the word revealed to you. And anytime you have a revelation, you are blessed. Revelation changes your status. You are more. Listen, don't be running around, bless me, bless me, bless me. Look for revelation. <laughs> Stand in the world, look for revelation. Revelation places you in the position of bless. In a blessed position. So Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Bandona, because flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father in heaven. And let's see the next statement he said. That is the way I want to go to. Then what did he say in the next statement? And I say unto thee that you are Peter and upon this rock. Read from the NIV, let's hear how he says it. And I say unto you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my now, church. when I was growing up, I was taught to understand that when Jesus said, upon this rock, he meant Peter. Peter was a rock. And upon Peter, so the first pope of the church, is Peter is the first pope of the church. And his tomb is in St. Peter's Square. On this. <laughs> and now, what Jesus said, then this is the scripture they use, I was taught. That this Jesus said, Peter, oh, this, when you read it very carefully and you are at least a little bit enlightened like you, yeah. you realize that he says that you are Peter and upon this rock, he didn't say upon you. That's right. He said upon this rock. In other words, there is a subject matter which is referring to the this. He said, who do men say I am? And he said, you are Jesus Christ, the son. And Jesus said, wow, you are blessed because flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. All the conversation, the topic was who Jesus is. So he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. He said, you are Peter. And upon this rock, that revelation, Mm. I'll build. God builds on revelation. What do you mean by revelation? What do I mean by revelation? I'll tell you in a minute. God builds on revelation. Look at, before I go to what I mean by revelation, look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter Ephesians chapter 3 verse 3 <laughs> Oh, I like this scripture so much Ephesians chapter 3 verse 3 Have you found it? What does it say? That is a mystery Make known to me by revelation Ephesians chapter 3 That is the mystery made known to me by revelation. He's talking about a particular mystery that he has. And he said this mystery was made known to him how? By revelation. By what? Revelation. What's a mystery? A mystery is something that your mind doesn't have an idea about. You don't know about it. 
it's mysterious. You don't, you don't have an idea. He says that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. And then what did he, what did he say afterwards? He says that um, the, the, this mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I wrote after the verse 4. Whereby when you read, you understand the mystery. Or, um, you, might, you understand my knowledge in Okay, you, you understand my knowledge in the mystery. Now jump to verse 7. What does verse 7 say? Wherefore, or whereof, verse 7 says that, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Read it from the NIV, please. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace. Now, when you read from the verse 3 and verse 4, he says that he was made a minister. Or, sorry, he said that the mystery was given to him by revelation. It was not taught to him by any man. It was given to him by revelation. And when you read systematically, carefully, you realize that uh, it makes another significant point. He said, wherefore? Talking about, so you can jump from verse 3 to verse um, 7. The mystery was given to him by revelation. Wherefore, I am made what? A minister. You, you understand that? And so God gave him the mysteries. God had a revelation, and the revelation was responsible for what he became. So he says that, wherefore, I was made, the seven, wherefore, I was made a minister according to the, to, to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. And so the revelation is responsible, is behind, or is the initiation of him being made a minister. God gave him revelation for a revelation. Now, what are you trying to say, Pastor? If you want to enjoy what God is doing and to be a first-hand beneficiary of what he's doing and to be in line with him, you will have to look out for what he's trying to do. You will have to seek after revelation. Revelation is what is not common to ordinary people. Because Jesus asked him, who do ask them, who do men say that I am? They said all kinds of things. He said, who do you say I am? Nobody could say. Peter said what he was. He said, this is revelation. He said, this is revelation. He said, this is revelation. So revelation is that thing that is not common or common available to other men. Amen. So, so revelation is what is not commonly available to other men. That is revelation. And so, what is it that is not common to other men but you need to get to know in order to make, give you an added advantage in life? Revelation is not anything very strange. Some people say that, oh, I'm going to the forest to go in first. Please, this is not what I'm talking about when I say revelation. I'm not talking about some mystical experiences. Excuse me, there are a lot of people around who have made this Christian, especially when the, from the gift of for the Holy Ghost to use you, for the Holy Spirit to use you. People who have been used to it by the Holy Spirit, some people have made the whole thing look so, they make things look so mystical. Please, don't be deceived to think, to, don't be looking for wild, mystical experiences. Most of those mystical experiences are not, don't necessarily have the signature and the thumbprint of God. God will reach you where you are. Amen. And the experiences you have, it must rather have a strong impact in your spirit. Some people say, I'm going to Israel. I have to go to Israel. I have to be baptized in the river Jordan. Then, then what happens? <laughs> then, then what happens? <laughs> then what happens? <laughs> that is true. Stop looking for experiences. That is not the revelation I'm talking about. 
It will even plunge you into destruction. It will even plunge you into trouble. You know, what I'm trying to say is, don't, it doesn't mean God can't speak to you. In fact, God, you remember I preached about God, he says, speaking God? Yeah. He likes speaking. He's always speaking. He spoke and he's still speaking. Yeah. So he'll speak to you. But when you look for experiences, you can easily miss God. Because many people who look for experiences are not really looking for God anyway. They look for something to massage their religious conscience and their personal feelings. Many people come to me, Pastor, I had this dream. What does it mean? Listen, I believe in messages from dreams, but it's not every dream you see that will mean something. If you don't take care, people say, I saw her in my dream, so it's my wife. You may end up marrying cockroach. <laughs> Revelation. So when we talk about revelation, what do we mean? What do we mean? Revelation simply means when you read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16, 15, 16 it says that I'm praying for you that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. When you read Psalm 119, I think verse 19, it said, open the eyes of my heart that I will see wondrous things in your word. That is revelation. What is revelation? When the word of God is being discharged or a message from God Get so much into your spirit, and you, you you just know that this is it. Yeah. You know, you just know, you just have some confidence about. Even in the in the in the presence of adverse conditions, you just know so much that this is what God is up to. Understand? And let's walk with God out of revelation, not mysticism. And let's not make Christianity mystical. Christianity is not mystical. Christianity is just a simple work and a love relationship with a lover of our souls. Praise God. Is somebody getting something? Hallelujah. And so, revelation, you need revelation to move on in God. Um, let me show you this scripture. It's not part of how my time is up. Let me show you this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. There's something called don't forget about the first Corinthians chapter 2. There's something called extra biblical account. Say extra biblical account or information. Now, what's extra biblical information? Extra biblical information is information that is related to spiritual things or Christian things, the Bible, biblical things, or religious things that are not necessarily recorded in the scriptures. So, for instance, there once lived um, a, 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 a man called and it's a very great man. It's called Alexander the, the Great. There once lived somebody called Antiochus Epiphanes. There once lived somebody called Ptolemy Sota. These are people who live their great, great um, social figures, political, international figures, before Jesus was born. And their are, are involvement, for instance, Alexander the Great used to, he was, he was Greek. And so, when he conquered the then known world, he everywhere he goes, like the way the English did it, the British did it, almost all the, uh, their uh, colonists, you have to speak English. So, we, we all speak English because we were colonized by Great Britain. So, that's what the Greeks were doing. So, everywhere, Greek, when you go, they were speaking. So, Greek, beca Greek became the common language, international language in the then known civilized world. Because of Alexander the Great. In fact, he has a good he had a good relation, human relationship. So when it comes to you and you are speaking some other language, he said, For God's sake, can you speak Greek? 
So it became a, a, a common, you know, um, phrase for God's sake, say, speak Greek. And so, because of him, the Greek language became very common. Alexander, he was a great, but when he died, the Roman Empire also came in. The Roman Empire, the Romans are good with roads and infrastructure. They built a lot of roads, they built it. The Greeks are educators, and they're my philosoph- philosophers. So, a lot of philosophical ideas. And then when the, the Greek Empire was over, the Roman Empire built roads and all that. Now, do you know what? These are extra biblical accounts, I'm telling you. But they were necessary and paved way for, because if Jesus came at a time where you can, he could only speak um, um, Aramaic, he couldn't arrive Paul. Paul preached to a, so much. He traveled extensively preaching to Asia Minor and Asia. He spread the word. But because he was Greek speaking, so the, the Greek language paved the way for the spread of the gospel. Did you understand? So all that was in the programming of God. Now, so that's what we mean by extra-biblical account. There are a lot of extra-biblical accounts uh, through um, 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 archaeological evidence, historical evidence. There's so many extra-biblical accounts. But we don't necessarily base our faith on that. They are good. Now, when somebody comes, I've got a revelation. I've got a revelation. I know the kind of material Jesus' dress was woven with. What's all this nonsense? What? How does he have a bearing on our faith? You know, some people come up with all kinds of revelations and they, they love strange things. And so in, and it makes them feel very spiritual. Some of you know, some of you have come across people who, uh, who came across very spiritual and they speak about some things that are very, strange and mystical. So if you know what I'm talking about. And that is not spirituality. Spirituality is how to study the word, not just studying, but living the word. So if you want to know how spiritual somebody is, don't, don't, be, don't be deceived to the way the person is speaking in tongues. Those things are important. The way the person is dancing in church. Oh, those things are good. But check the way the person applies the word in his or her life. That is the measure of spirituality. Got it. Got it. And so revelation is very important. Now, Ephesians, I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter 2, verse, verse, verse um, 9, it says that no eye has seen, no ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. And then verse, what does the verse 10 say? But God has revealed, God has done what? God has done what? Is revealed by his spirit. Listen, there cannot be any godly revelation without the Holy Ghost. Godly revelation is always pointing or it has its connection and roots and its source in the Holy Ghost. Every sound godly revelation. And so that is why you, when the Holy Ghost is working more, strong or, uh, more strongly or st- st- stronger, you will always see the fruits. What, what do I mean by the fruits? How, the, when the Holy Ghost is working more in your life, it affects more of your character. That's the fruit. It affects you more of your character. Stop telling me, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw. Tell, let me show, let me see how the Holy Spirit is. It's, it's making you, your quick temper is working on your quick temper. On your lying spirit. <laughs> or lying tongue. Or the, the things that you know doesn't glorify God. How much is the Holy Ghost working on it? That shows how much you are getting closer to the Holy Spirit. It does not mean that until you are perfect, you can't have revelation. That's not what I mean. You don't need to be perfect to have revelation. 
all you need in order to have a revelation is your heart must be right with God. Because if it, there's a place it says that grieve not the Holy Spirit. It's a question of the Holy Spirit. What will grieve the Holy Spirit? It's our attitude, heart attitude. Will grieve the Holy Spirit. So if your heart is right, it doesn't matter what you've done yesterday, the day before. Once your heart is right with Him, He will speak to you. But what I want to draw your attention to is let's quickly read down. That. I'm going to end on this scripture because our time is up. Let's quickly read down because there's something I want you to see. First Corinthians chapter 2. I just read verse 10. Isn't it? Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Let me read, take the verse 10 again. Verse 10 says that, But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Say the deep things of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. We have received the Spirit. Why have we received the Spirit? That we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. Now, this is the, the, the key point, verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. What we do? Comparing. Comparing what? One more time. Comparing what? That is how you trade the relation. Now, what does that mean? Comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Your next revelation is going to be a function of your current revelation. That is why it's always sound to have sound teaching, good to have sound teaching. Because when you have a better te- a good teaching, you have good teachings, a good understanding and revelation about how God works. For instance, we, we all know, we all know that let's say she is married, the Lord will not reveal to me that she's going to be your wife. You understand that? The, the Lord is not going to tell me that it's your wife, it's your wife. God has not work that day. So, at least that is an insight you have about the workings of God. Now, when God is going to, he, he now builds upon the current revelation understanding you have. Yeah. So, when there's an, an, a revelation coming, it does not define the one you already have. And so, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Somebody said, oh, but this is how it's normally done. No, is that how spiritually, is that how things are done? And so it's not about how it's normally done. Compare spiritual things with spiritual things. And so your current revelation is necessary for your next revelation. In other words, the, the, the more revelations you have, the better you're able to understand the things of God and, process, and better still, the ways of God. It's a revelation. And when you know what God is doing, God builds revelation because the revelations you have will tell what He's able to do in your life. Revelations, oh my God, hear this. If you have a revelation that God is working out something for you, you won't out of panic and fear compromise on your values and go talk to something that is against the principle of God because you know He's working out something for you. So you'll be able to co- cooperate with Him and wait for Him. Say, wait for Him. And so that is why you can't afford not to have revelation. Say revelation. Revelation. revelation what is revelation? It's the word. You have to know what his word is saying. Because that's where it starts from. Any revelation will give you starts from the word. Know what the word is saying. That's one. Yes. And then the word is not the only thing, but it's the main underlying the foundation for any revelation. Any revelation that cannot sit on the word of God, forget it. And then the next one is you have to you have to understand his his plan. His word must be revealed to you. His plans must be revealed to you, and also what is happening. 
sometimes you hear that things are just happening here, something is happening in your family, this is happening. You must understand in the broader picture the things that are happening around you and world affairs. When you walk with God, He begins to give you insight and revelation about all these things in the light of your life as well. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So if they pass a law right now in UK, which seems not to be friendly to you or friendly to you, don't just say they pass the law, but begin to try and figure out what God is up to. What is happening? God, or even though God is even doing, generally, what is happening around me? Things that are happening, what is behind this? What, so you need a revelation of all these things. These are what I'm talking about, the revelation. Say, I need revelation. I need revelation. Because God builds revelationally. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.